How are we, boys? Fingers crossed by the wonders of technology. The sound of you both should be perfect. Tank, how are you? Oh, you dick. Don't even... <laughs> go... <laughs> Don't even... Sorry, that... mate. Sorry. <laughs> you nearly had me there. Your sound sounds perfect. So if you just go sit on. still for the rest of the, the podcast, we should Do be good. Do not mate. move. Do Cramp not move. Up. I won't Cramp move. Up. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, how are you, mate? You good? All good, mate. You? Good holiday? Yeah. Good, yeah, really good, mate. I am. Uh, I definitely should have took today off work. I'm absolutely knackered. Uh, right. You know, it's. Just, I don't know if we spoke about this on the past podcast, Jim. You know that, and Tank, uh, Tank's Wi-Fi went, but I think we're all equally as stressy at the airport. That was a brutal journey. Uh, getting mate. over there, nearly missed, uh, nearly missed the flight over, despite getting there three hours before. Um, Panicking about losing suitcases, searching uh, Dublin Airport on Twitter and hearing horror stories. <laughs> I, honestly, mate, I was an absolute wreck. Um, by the time we got there, it was a good job. It was all inclusive because I just laced through about as many beers as I possibly could. Uh, That's a good thing that, about early flight, isn't it? Once you're there, you're there. Then, aren't you? What time did you land? About 10, 11 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and I'd done, uh, being ever the organised one, I'd done pre-checking at the hotel, so we just had yeah, to coast yeah. straight through. So, by 12 o'clock, sat by the pool, beer in hand. Uh, no, it was deadly, mate, it's a really good trip. Good, mate. But if you haven't done it before, anyone listening, Holiday Villages, they are the future with anyone with kids. Because basically, they just box the kids off, and then mate. the adults can just sit and booze. It was brilliant. I can't believe we only just do it. We've done all-inclusive since God knows when. With the you know the kids clubs, all the slides and that, mate. It's just so much. Easier. We did it before we had kids, just just for me. <laughs> kids club. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, I actually just don't want to see another sangria or beer. You know, when you're like, what? By the way, what's the socially acceptable time ten. on all inclusive to get a beer? You're saying ten. Tank when we were in ten. Egypt, we gave uh, a guy called Hanny. Shout out to Hanny if he's still around. Uh, <laughs> like a, an early tip, early doors. Um, and 10 a.m. he'd come with like five gin and tonics. He'd be on it straight away. Loved really? honey. Yeah, bang on it. It was good lad. What, what about you, Tank? I think 11 o'clock's all right. And I just get the kids breakfast fed and everything, and then just dismiss them. Then you can crack on. Yeah, it's like that universal signal. If you give your mate the eye, and you're like, you give him the little <laughs> hand. You give the little hand wobble, like, oh yeah, oh hello, hello, yeah. Uh, so yeah, eleven o'clock was uh, was my time, but I just wanted to double check, lads. While I've been away, right, I tried to stay away from Twitter and all that, but there has been a lot of breaking football news, and we're going to start. Well, actually, Jimmy put out a poll before on whose <laughs> whose name Tank is going to get wrong first. I think actually... we voted on that. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> uh, but we're going to start off with Ronaldo, right? Because uh, So, Tank, I don't think we've got any issues here. Um, obviously, one of the biggest players in the world is transfer to Manchester United. Of course, the stir in many ways. Um, we've spoke about it at length on this podcast. Was he going to fit into the system? What impact was he going to have? Uh, Tank, I'll start with you. Um, it's probably a surprise to some, maybe not to, to others, that he now looks like he's going to be on his way out of Manchester United. A, are you surprised? B, can you blame him? Not surprised, and I don't blame him. He's probably one of the top three players who ever graced the game ever, and he's probably in his last year or two, and the last thing he wants to do is be playing on a Thursday night at Old Trafford in the, in the Europa League. Um, he's better than that. 
Um, we've spoke many times on this podcast that it was a bizarre signing anyway for United. They're looking for a rebuild and a signing a 36-year-old man. Um, and look, he scored goals, but I just don't think it was the right fit for, for both parties, really. He, he's, he doesn't want to come into a squad but needs rebuilding. And, you know, he wants to go to like a Juventus like he did do. He was already challenging and winning things. And I just think it was a bad move all round. Um, and it, it's going to end in tears again, isn't it, really? Jim, where would you put... Because obviously you, you've been a big fan of what Ronaldo has done this season. Yeah. Um, would you would you classify the transfer as a success? I would given do. what he did on the pitch, but also, I suppose, what's the negative press that it's now bringing? I would say it was... Um commercially a success but it's always going to be isn't it when you when you bring a play of Ronaldo's calibre into the club especially with all the uh, sentimental um, emotions behind it on the pitch I think he did what he came to do and that scored goals I think he was surrounded by um, average players I think he's waited until now to see what Ten Hag has to say and who he's bringing in and he's probably waiting and, and not seeing enough enough uh, quality coming through um that you know they're, they're signing players in positions they don't need to sign and he's probably thinking you know this is going to be another season like that as tank said he's got maybe one two well probably got three or four in him if he goes and and uh, goes to america or somewhere along them lines but he's probably got one or two top tier seasons and he wants to go and do some at that he's not going to get at United, so I can't, I can't blame him to be honest with you. And I don't think the United fans will blame him, to be honest with you. At this stage, Tank, with all the the noise that surrounds Cristiano Ronaldo, like this is just going to rumble on and on. With a, as a new manager coming in, you couldn't think be faced with a, a worse situation because it's it's only going to create neg- negativity and distract players. Are they better off just getting shut and getting this done because it's, it's it's not going to yeah. turn around anytime soon. No, there's, you've got a feel for him coming in. You know, you're coming in, your biggest superstars all of a sudden. But as yeah, Jimmy's just said, then he's probably looking and thinking, we've signed a left back or a right back for 30 million. No one's ever heard about in a position where they don't need defenders, they really do. But they don't need full backs. No. They need centre halves. And they're looking at, he's probably thinking, there's a young kid from PS3 coming in, like 13 million. That's not a, an inspiring sign, really, is it? And I I spoke to one of my pals today, and we was talking about United and that. And you, I, I just threw it out there to him, and I think he might have got wind that this young deal's not going to come on. That could be the first fuck up of a spell on there. But I'm not too sure about. <laughs> he might be getting. You'd have got away with that if you hadn't said anything. You'd got away with that. But you know, he's such an elite, and your name in the game, and you know the ins and outs of everywhere. And he might be getting wind that this signing's actually not happening. I mean, the nose is coming from Barcelona. Is that like he's staying, and they're not selling him? But the, the United are still pursuing and still going down the route to try and get him in. Me personally, I think the best the best for Manchester United would be just to say, "Go, thank you very much. You've had one good season for us. You come, to, you, you know, you score goals, but we're in a rebuild and get him off the wage bill." Yeah, it's it's mad when, and we'll come to to Mo Salah later on uh, when you're talking about the size of the salaries. Obviously, um, where Mo Salah now is on his new deal, and you compare that to what Cristiano Ronaldo is on, like it's it's just it's it's outrageous. Jim, are you are you looking at this now, saying okay, uh, Man United really need to start rebuilding? Because I, I know when when I look at this, and I think I said this when he joined, Cristiano Ronaldo will always score goals. I'm not sure. 
he helps where the club wants to go in, in the long term in that would Man United not be better off blooding players for the future, um, making sure that you have high press, high energy players, um, you know, across the front three, they buy into a way that the new manager wants to play in terms of Ten Hag. I'm not necessarily sure Cristiano Ronaldo fits the type of player or profile that he would he would be after. Do you think this could be, in a roundabout way, a blessing in disguise for Man United, or is it difficult to say that? I wouldn't say blessing in disguise because if I'm a young player and it looks like they're signing young players, doesn't it? You know, De Jong, De after Anthony, um, Martinez from Ajax. Um, that these are young players, and if I'm coming onto a club and Cristiano Ronaldo's there, then I want to, I want to play with Cristiano Ronaldo. So I, I think getting rid of him does not detract from the team what it probably does is like say allows younger blood to come through but you know could they could they value the the um presence and the knowledge that cristiano ronaldo brings for another season i don't think ten hag wants to get rid i think he wants to keep him but i think ronaldo's just had enough and he's just like i, I can't see this going anywhere as tank says he, do, he doesn't want to play in the europa league this isn't a Man United choice because commercially the wages probably don't even come into into consideration with the amount of money he brings into the club. So I think I think this is a Ronaldo decision, not a Man United one. It's funny there was noises coming out today that um, uh, Ragnick actually said that he wanted Ronaldo out the club in January. Uh, it just it just it all screams of needless negativity for me. The baggage that Cristiano Ronaldo would bring. Simon Jordan, who you know I'm a big fan of in terms of, I know I bring him up every podcast. I actually listened to his book while I was away on holiday. And for anyone that hasn't listened to his book, you're definitely sure that it was very good. But um, he said something today where it's nearly like Cristiano Ronaldo needs a ready-made outfit to go in and make an impact. And if you look at the, the setup by that, he means he's going to score goals anywhere. Don't get me wrong. But he needs to go into a team that is competing and built to provide him with the platform to perform. Whereas with Manchester United, he's not going to get that. It's a project. Man United is a project. They need project players. And Cristiano Ronaldo isn't going to commit that time to, to, to be a project. I don't know what Simon Jordan's expecting Cristiano Ronaldo to do. Is he expecting to score 50-odd goals and win him in the Premier League? He's gone there to do what he's done in a bad team. Um, I think there's, I think Ronaldo is getting a lot of negative press because it's Cristiano Ronaldo and he's there to be shot at. I think he, from his perspective, he's gone into United, done what he needs to do, and it's you know if if the if the project needs building, that isn't his fault. That's no, I, I disagree with that. I think he made Man United a much worse side. No, I disagree. Much worse side. You look at the players surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo. His antics, just throwing the arms, walking off, sulking. You look, you look at uh, Rashford, who I hate when Rashford plays against Liverpool because he always destroys us. Rashford had the worst season of his career, probably. Jaden Sancho, probably the worst season of his career to date. Well Bruno done for Fernand saying, Jaden. Well done I've got that right. I've got, that right. got it written down here. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, the worst season that he's ever had. He made that Man United side worse. And I think if... if Are you putting all them down to Ronaldo having a bad season? It's a very good, it's a very uh, good, strong coincidence for me. I mean, he, his arms... Can you imagine, like, Rashford looking up to... He's probably idolised Ronaldo when he was young, coming through the academy. And then Rashford does a mistake or something. Ronaldo's arms are going in the air and throwing his toys out the pram. That's going to affect all of their confidence. 
Jim, you were an arm thrower. I was I was going to say I can't I can't say anything because that's me and and I can imagine that it's not great to play with but I don't think you can have a season as bad as Jaden Sancho who's what scored two goals got minimal assists down to Cristiano Ronaldo I, I don't, I don't I'm not that. saying it's wholly down to him but I just think that is the whole of Do you think it's a culture thing Tank It's a culture thing but I mean he, look he's a superstar you know everyone's going to be looking at him in awe and if he's if he's slaughtering you in the pitch and having a pop you what's he doing in the training grounds What's just the meaning around the training grounds? If he's young kids are popping from, balls into him. He's gone from scoring 40-odd goals a season to being in that. You're not going to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, nice pass, mate. Well, what, did he, what did he expect? He, he, never, he never scored 40-odd goals a season in Juventus the last couple of seasons. They were certainly higher than what he got anyway. But I you think know, it was the similar won, mark. He still won you, the league, though. What would you expect? That, like, when he when he made that like he made that decision, Jim, what was he expecting? Because Man United, you know... The thing is, if you're saying Ma- Man United, they were bringing Jaden Sancho in as well, weren't they? Mm. Um, in the same transfer And Varane, window. I suppose. And Varane, yeah. yeah. You're thinking, you know what? These, that's a decent start. And I bet mm. he's been told there'll be other signings coming in and, and uh, X, Y, and Z. We've got Rashford, who's, who's one of the hottest young lads. And he's gone, yeah, you know what? I can buy into this. Then he's come in and they've all played like that. And that's not his fault. Now, I'm not well, saying fault, he's, I'm not, <laughs> you just think you're no, just no, no, no. not saying I'm not saying that he's he's not contributed to the Man United side not playing well, but I don't think you can put every everyone else not playing great on, on Ronaldo. I think I think he's just he, he he's like I said, he's done what I felt he needed to do. And you know, if 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 the manager's putting him in and that's their decision, then that's that's their fault, isn't it? I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. So I know what tank means, the culture that it creates. No, I get that. that. Yeah, the, the stamping of the feet. You see it now with a lot of the United players. I, I think they have a poor culture that runs throughout the club anyway at the moment, and they nearly get better getting shut of, of most of them. But I, I think it's the impact that that negativity has on the players around him. But also I think they suffer a little bit with the kind of Lukaku syndrome. And I had a load of Everton, uh, a lot of my uh, family are, are Everton fans, and I spoke to them about Lukaku leaving. And they weren't bothered because it's nearly like Everton had to put funnel everything through Lukaku. And if that went tits up, then there wasn't really a plan B. Um, Lukaku will score goals wherever he goes. But it's it's like the team doesn't function as well because it's it's all funneled through him. And and I think I think Manchester United, I'll probably get some stick for this, but if Manchester United went out and bought a really mobile, aggressive, young, dynamic forward and um, just went at teams with a fast front three, I think they'd be have far more threat and penetration about them than they would with with Cristiano Ronaldo demanding everything go through him. Spot on for me that. With that. But I'm not, you know, Ronaldo is, we're not talking, I know he's 36, but, you know, he's still, he's still fit as a fiddle, isn't he? And I know he's not as high pressuring and that sort of stuff, but I think, I think a lot of blame of Man United is being placed on Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, because it is Ronaldo. So, you know, I'll always love Ronaldo, I'll defend him to the end. So. <laughs> uh, where where does he go? Could we potentially be looking at a, a, a Messi, Ronaldo and Mbappe thrown three at PSG, or do you buy into any of these Chelsea rumours? It's a bit similar to Chelsea. Chelsea's like, you know, the Chelsea squad for me is a lot a lot stronger than uh, United's, but it's like, what what benefit would Chelsea get out of him coming to, to sign there? Yes, look, he guarantees goals. He'll score 20 goals for Chelsea if he goes there, 20 league goals, comfortably. 
But if you're looking to build a project where you've got to try and chase Liverpool and City down, it was streets ahead. Ronaldo's not that sign. And this is the same conversation what we had with United when United signed him. He's always going to score goals. He was never going to come in this league and not score goals because that's what he does. He's that good. But it's kind of like, it's it's not the right sign for me for Chelsea. Why would you go and get rid of Lukaku, who you're saying is not mobile and can't fit into our the way we play, and then go and sign someone who's even less mobile than what Lukaku is because of his age? So I just I find it strange. Um, PSG, you know, their owners coming out saying that the the glory days are finished and all people coming here for money. So if they come and sign him, it's kind of like well, what I said last week. Forget about that. We're going to go and get a 37-year-old to play up front with a 35-year-old. Talking of signing, uh, I suppose, older older players, um, Christian Eriksen, Jim, has, has come out today and has decided to go to Manchester. I say older player, actually. I actually don't know how old he is. I just feel like he, he's been around forever. How old is he? He's probably about 29, is he? He's deadline's going, lad. Don't be tight. But he's been he's knocking around. He's, he's 30. Jesus, yeah, I feel like yeah. he's been around forever. He's like a Taribo Westim, you know what I mean? He's been playing football <laughs> since he's fucking 12. Um, but uh, yeah, Christy Eriksen has decided to go to Manchester United. What What's been your reaction to that news? Because it's, I suppose it's a bit of a surprising one. I don't... I'm one of them. It's one of them. You know, it's a, it's a meh signing. I don't... You know, it's a free signing. They've got a, a decent player on a free. The the board will be happy because they're not paying anything for him. They've probably doubled his wages to 150 grand, which to them is nothing. I think, you know, I've got nothing. I've got, got no imagination about today. it, and I've got and I've got. I'm not excited about it. Um, it's very it reminds me very much of a of a when Mata went to United. It's I'm I'm, I'm nonplussed about it. I don't. You know, he'll do all right, might score a few goals, get a couple of assists, but how that team sets up with him and, you know, is he just a a, a bit part play? Him and Fernandez will just swap in and around with the Europa League. I, I don't know, but, you know, I think he's a good signing. I think he's still a great player and he did really well for Brentford, but, you know, does he does he give you what United need to go and push on to the next level? I, I, I don't think so. You're very worried about the the Bruno dynamic, aren't you, Tank? Between him, Bru- uh, Ericsson, how do they all fit into the system? Well, they play Bruno and him in midfield. They get relegated. They just get swamped and overrun. I mean, they're struggling in midfield. Now, I like Ericsson as a player. I've mentioned to you, lads, that I think Ericsson would have been a great little signer for Liverpool. You know, when we're struggling to a team to come and play in 11 behind and just throw them on the last 15, 20 minutes to unlock. But... Liverpool, if him signed for Liverpool United, it's different. These are in a rebuild, and it's for me. It's just a. I'm, I'm with Jimmy. It's like, okay, it's a. It's just. It's a typical Man United signing for me, where he's like, we're struggling to get someone in. Go and get anyone. He'll do. Grab him. Get him in. Where's he going to play? Where's he going to fit in? I think for me, it feels like they're scared of anyone else signing him. Yeah. It, it, you know, not to make, I'm surprised here, about to make a second championship manager reference after Materibo West won a minute ago. Mm-hmm. It, sign, it, it kind of feels like one of those signings where you're looking at whose contract's up, who's, who could yeah. potentially, <laughs> yeah. who could yeah. potentially yeah. bring in yeah. for free. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I'm like you, Tank, I, I, and, and Jim. I'm, I like Christian Eriksen. I think he's a good player. I think he's a smart player. Um, I think he will have an impact at Manchester United. I suppose for me, it just, what, what's the plan there? But like I, I've always said, and I've said this for the last, it feels like 10 years, um, Man United need a dominant centre midfielder. 
who can alternate between a six and an eight, who's going to get on the ball and drive, be aggressive, a bit of a powerhouse. Like there's, there's a list of players over the last 10 years that they could have gone out and signed, yet they seem to re- reluctant to do so. I still don't think at any stage of Manchester United addressed any of the problems that their team has. And I don't think this, Eric, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's designed to be a, a huge signing for them. It's just bringing in quality, a player who can numbers. keep the ball, bring, you know what I mean? They've lost matter. And, and I think United have a problem with ball retention and maybe lack a bit of creativity. For So from that sense, it, you know, it, it's logical. But Man United still need to do some serious business, Tank, no? They do, but what I can't get me around is why they've signed him. Why didn't he just keep Jesse Lingard? He'll score more goals than what he will and will create more goals than him. Went to West Ham and ripped the Premier League to pieces. So if you're going to go and sign Ericsson, and I think he'd be on a right package there, by the way. He'd be on a monster signing on for you coming as a free and he'd be on a lot of money. I don't keep, know. Keep Jesse Lingard. I would, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that, that he's going to give keep you... Just Jesse Lingard. It's like I'm like... But on the flip side... Lingard's part of that toxic culture, isn't he? Within United, that you know, Pogba, Lingard, Ronaldo, that that culture where they probably want rid. And Ericsson's one of them who's got something to prove, hasn't he? So, I think yeah, I get it. But it's just, just it's a, just a typical United sound for me. They've got so much more needed to you know even get close. I mean, Arsenal has spent a right few quid. You know, Tottenham, Tottenham, and Arsenal have made some decent signings. So you're looking, if, if I'm the man you fan here and I'm sitting thinking we need to get closer to Man City and Liverpool, you've got a mountain to climb to get close to Chelsea, Arsenal and Tottenham at the, uh, as, as the signing goes at the minute. But a, a right-back from Holland and Eriksen is not going to inspire anything for me to change United's fortune. They've lost better players than them on free transfers. Another big one, just to finish on Man United before we, we, we move on, the, the big question that's looming, or I suppose the big um, uh, challenge faced by Ten Hag is, is the Harry Maguire question. Jim, what what do you do there? Is it time? Is, is it stick or bust with Maguire? What would you do if you were the new manager? I think you need to, you know, Harry Maguire is, was decent up until last season. He's had a massive, massive dip in form. So is your Ten Hag, and I don't know what his contract situation is. So, you know, they won't want to lose another player on a free. So, I think they will give him till January and see and see how he gets on under under a new and then as rotate a as a starter. Him and Varane, if Varane can stay fit, um, and then they'll bring in one of the either Lissandra. I mean, they've been after that Pau Torres as well, and um, I think they'll bring in another defender to shake it up, but. Um, what you do with him, though, Jim? What you do with him? You know, he plays better in a three, doesn't he? I think you know when he's played in a three for England and he's been able to sort of drive forward and he's he's played better like he's got that. More, he's more, more defenders. He's to got cover more him. defenders to cover him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then, but I don't think I don't know. I don't think Ten Hag's going to play a three. No so, chance. No. So you're just hoping that these that these new. De- players giving that boost up the arse that he probably needs and you know form is is a tricky one tank i mean you've been there yourself where you you've been going through an absolute yeah. shitter and you've no idea what to do to get out of it and sometimes it just needs summer that that happens and you go all right actually i'm feeling i'm feeling i'm feeling this now um so i think i think you give him a go till january and then if he's still in the form then you gotta look at elsewhere Yes, I mean, the lad's confidence for me is shot to pieces, but, uh, you know, you touched on form there. 
Listen, we've all had a run of form where you just can't do it, but it's two and a half years now, him. He's been out of form for two and a half years. So it's kind of like, but he's eighty-five million pound player on huge money. It's like another Man United disaster. See the thing with him, and this is where I was like, I don't understand why they didn't go and buy that dominant sense midfielder. Because if you are probably like they have to stick with him for another season, go and mm. buy a protector that will shield the back four. If if it's not going to be the change of system to a three, which we probably say it isn't going to be based on what the manager likes to play, then go and buy that protector. In midfield, so I know I say it a lot. Let, let's say somebody like a Declan Rice, or I know Cal, yeah. uh, Calvin Phillips has just gone to, to City, but the likes of those who who, who can cover those areas, um, that can stop a lot of problems before it even gets to Maguire. Um, I just think Man United should be prioritising that, and it just feels like that there isn't a lot of joined up thinking at the moment, and it just seems stop gap central. But um, I think that's you, a long. Um, have you seen Scott McTominay? <laughs> oh Jesus, where are you hey, going is with he this? Tank now. Yeah, but he needs to play football with it. Yeah, as well. no, I get <laughs> it. Throw my ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, you know, I don't know whether... Throw Akin Fenwer in the middle there for him. <laughs> All I'm saying is, look, he, I mean, he clearly had ability on the ball. He was very lightweight, wasn't he? And, and I think I think they're hoping that McTominay comes back and he's, and he's built up and he comes back a better player. Um, I think that's why they might be holding off on a defensive midfielder, but I'm not Ten Hag, but... See, for me, though, and I know what you're saying, it, it, they need more on the ball. It's not just the physicality. I think that's where Man United, you nearly trust him, him and Fred to have the ball and you know not much is going to come from those areas. Mm. So be interested to see how it all pans out. Now, I want to move on um, to, I suppose, the next global star uh, on the agenda, and that is Mo Salah. Uh, I was sat by the pool when Tank broke the news to me that Salah had signed his new deal. And I'll be honest, when he posted the link, I thought it was going to be that big black fella doing like a, a windmill with his Mickey. Cause it, it usually, it usually is when Tank posts something for them. I'm, I'm pleased to report it wasn't a, a big black willy. It was uh, Mo Salah signing a deal. So Tank, what was your reaction when you saw the news come through? I'm just glad that you didn't post man and Jimmy's conversation to have it before that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to bring it up, mate. Definitely. <laughs> oh, but no, listen. I honestly, because me and Jimmy was actually talking, saying like he's not going to sign. I mean, this is literally an hour before it. He's like, but he's not going to sign now, is Jimmy? They're not going to pay him now. Why are they going to do it? They haven't done. But then all of a sudden, bang! Here's the news, and um. I've, listen, it's great news, isn't it, really? He's been as as form dipped. We spoke about that. Yeah, it did dip the last six months. I believe that's maybe touch of fatigue and a touch of worrying about your contract. I've been in contract, not to this level, don't get me wrong, but I've been in contract negotiations during the season and it does affect your performance because you're thinking, I don't want to get injured. You know, if these don't want to pay me this, so what, you know, I've got to make sure I don't get injured. Um, I think it's great news, you know, as... His stats, his goal, his, his goal involvement over the last five years since he signed for the club are absolutely off the charts. And I think I like the length of the contract as well, three years. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good idea. Jim, like I, I, was, I was obviously watching you two have that back and forth. And, and I, I just want to put out there that Tank was agreeing with Robbie Fowler saying Salah was on the <laughs> decline, by the way. <laughs> just, just I'm putting that out there. I've got, I've I've got, just, I've got you, you haven't got evidence of deleted it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dank was agreeing with Robbie Fowler, ambassador for Liverpool, who was getting paid to go, oh, Salah's on the decline, you know, lad, we're getting rid of you. you don't want him anymore. I think I threw it out there more, said, oh, maybe yeah. he has a just, point. To think oh, that yeah, just as a Maybe. Just as a, maybe yeah. Now I'm like... And then an hour later, he's jumping up and down, yes, Salah's signed, get it, lad. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I did something similar. I think I tweeted something about... is it Because he's... Look, let's be honest, I'm delighted Salah signed, but his agent's still a wanker. No one will... No one will convince me otherwise that fella is yeah. an absolute tool. But and it was more there was part of me when I see look, I fell for the hook, line, and sinker. If that was a coordinated wind up and the agent posting his little laughy emoji, you know, it doesn't take much to rattle me when it comes to football. It rattled me, and I was like, I'll Carragher I'll be happy, well, I'll be happy for Salah to walk as long as that agent doesn't get what he wants. And then literally within the hour. The announcement was like, okay, yeah, but the agent's still a wanker. And I'm, I'm, del- <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted. Look, Salah, Salah's an unbelievable player. Jim, what what does this signing signify to, to, to Liverpool fans? And, and for me, maybe potential players that are looking to come in that, that Mo Salah is, is staying for, for the next three years. You know what I think it does. I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, Salah's unbelievable. I think it's a great, uh, great contract for, for Liverpool and for him. And for all involved, like Tank said, three years, I think it's a great 350 grand a week's a big, but big number, Jim. It is, but it's only big for Liverpool. So my point is that what I think this will do is get that bloody wage cap monkey off Liverpool's back. Because everyone's going on about, oh, we can't break the wage cap, we can't do this, we can't do that. And now I think it'll just become second nature and you'll, you'll carry on. And you'll sign players who who can demand that sort of money and and get it, because I think before you've been always been worried about it, going oh we can't break it. I think now you've done it, you know the money the money's there. No Premier League club is 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 you know going cap in hand for money anywhere. So you've got the money, go and spend it. I think that's I think that's what will what the sign of Salah will do best for Liverpool. Uh, Tank on that because when Jimmy says it right I still get a little nervous because I have this little voice in the back of my head that Liverpool can't be Liverpool can't be a city right and sometimes it's going to sound weird when I say this potentially stars can outgrow Liverpool in terms of the salaries that they that not the club in its size and its stature but if you have Virgil van Dijk you have Salah Trent is up for a new soon you know you have all of these kind of top stars um that are going to now be able to say, well, I want 200, I want 250, I want... Da, da, da. Liverpool, I don't think, can can maintain that wage structure across a wide range of players. So is there a worry, and we've seen it with other massive clubs, that once Mo gets his 350 grand, and, and I believe it's closer to 400 when you add on the the, the incentives that Liverpool like to, to roll into the contracts, is it... Is it going to be a worry then that, you know, the likes yep. of a Trent Alexander-Arnold are going to give the manager, and not that I think Trent is the type, but, you know, the ripple, that the, the trickle-down effect that it could have. Is that a worry? It, it's a massive worry for me. I mean, I've always been one of them who always says about our owners, and we've had this argument where, like, they don't spend, you know, we're always kind of, and I don't mean to go on the net spend, but we're always kind of in or around profit Liverpool. Mm. And it kind of drives me mad. But then when you look at the success, what we have, this is a worry for me. I'll be honest with you, although it's great he signed a deal. So my concern is if Nunes comes in and scores 30 goals this season, 35 goals next season, and the club want to turn down to a new contract, he's on 100 and whatever grand a week he is now, automatically his agent's benchmark is most Salah's on 350, 400. That's what we want. Well, you can't have that. Well, we've scored more goals than him. That's what we want. You know, 
if Diaz comes in and like you know I've been reading some stuff about how Klopp's going to tweak his game and make him more potent and all this palaver. Now if he hits the ground running again and scores goals in the next two seasons, and all of a sudden it's the the, the, the gay situation at Man United. What concerns me? They put a goalkeeper on. The gays. The gays. What did the gays got to do with it? Yeah, on the list. It's his situation. It's his situation at Man U where they've gone like a goalkeeper who's on three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. So that's your benchmark. Rashford then renewed at Man United and was like, well, the goalkeeper's on 350. I'm scoring 20 goals a season. I want that. That's my big concern with Liverpool where we've gone with this contract. But was it needed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled just because, look, it's a worry. <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at, Jim? I looked away there. Were you pulling faces at the cameras? No, look at his name. <laughs> David, David DeGaze. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? When you said that, I started to get the titters and I couldn't get rid of the giggles and I could see that Jimmy had them too and I managed to get away from it and now you change your name to David the Gays. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> now, I, think it's a, I think it's a massive signing for Liverpool. Um, I, I hope to, to, to see now uh, Mo Salah returning to, to the form that he was in. I think he'll, he'll start the season fresh, revitalised and, and ready to go and, and, and hopefully um, can, can drive Liverpool on to some more trophies. I do want to come to another signing that has happened over the last couple of weeks. And I have to be honest, lads, this one, I, I think I'm missing something on this one. Maybe, maybe I am. Tank, Richarlison, 60 million to Spurs. Is it just me or has transfers gone mad? Because... I, I don't think he's a £60 million pound player at all. Oh, oh, let, let, something. Let's stat man go a minute. Okay. Stat man tank is up. Since signing for Everton in 2018 season, Richarlison has the worst Premier League minutes per non-penalty goal ratio. Chris Wood, Salomon Rondon and Danny Walbeck have all got better goals, minutes per ratio, whatever it is, than him. Wow. I've always said this to you about him as well. I think he's just an okay Premier League centre forward, and them stats don't lie. There's my answer, Jim. I think you. Uh, I think you're looking. You're not delving deep enough, Tank, for me. I think has he got his Liverpool glasses on? There? He's got his. Well, no, I don't know. To be honest with you, I was looking. At, I did exactly the same for Richarlison on the stats. So don't forget that Richarlison often plays on the left or right behind Dominic Calvert Lewin. So does Mane. Yeah, but if you're comparing Liverpool to Everton, mate, I think, you know, well, it's, it's completely Man different. Look at Mane's record since when he was at Southampton. He scored more goals under Charlotte than ever did, and that's why we signed him. So we'll look at, I got the stats up, and what Richarlison's in the top percentiles of our blocks. Lads, can I just say, I'm, I'm very proud of you both here. You've come stats. prepared with stats. That stats. We are yeah, we are going yeah. up. Lani Tank was coming in with it, giving him, giving him grease. So Richarlison's top on blocks, tackles, interceptions, pressures, clearances. He's quite high on assists, to be fair. Fucking hell, I think he's centred off. Dribbles. Well, this <laughs> Who's is my this point. Who's this is for Everton? This is, this is for Everton, mate, in the Premier League. So this is per 90. <laughs> he's... he's He's 99th percentile on blocks per game. Brilliant. So he's not playing as a striker, <laughs> though, is he? No, my point is... So you sign a 60 million no, no, goal no, scorer no, no, and no, he's no, going to no, block no, loads. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he plays a completely different game for Everton as opposed to... Um, as opposed to... Uh, he will play at Tottenham. Now, now let's look at Richarlison from Brazil. Caps, 36. Goals, 14. Okay, that's nearly one in two. Now, let's look at... 
Bobby Firmino. Jim, hang on a minute. 17 goals. So he's close to Bobby on Brazil goals and on less caps. So, you know... I think the Man United should have signed him to replace Harry Maguire. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's intercepts stuff, he blocks yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. listen, I, I get them stats, but what a, what a crock of shit that is. So, basically, <laughs> when when a sense of, when a team's playing out from the back, Richarlison gets a block on it. So, what I'm saying is, when he's playing for Everton, they're playing a completely different game. Everton have got... I pulled up some more stats for you. Everton have a passing ratio of 73.3 uh, completion. Uh, of 73.3%, which is the third lowest in the Premier Division, right? Have you written um, these stats down, Jim? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, because I knew Tank was coming for him. 39.1% possession Everton had last year, on average. 39.1%. So I don't know what you're expecting the kid to do. So the way that I look at it is, look at his Brazil record when he's played up front. He's playing the time. He's playing against the run, a rack. Yeah, Brazil. and what about Firmino? He's 17 and 55. The same. So is Firmino's, he, Firmino's coming towards the end of his career. He's so just this, starting. This, so this this, since, since he's been in the Premier League, he scored nine goals, ten goals, ten. I think it was 13 was his best last year, was it? 13, 13, seven and ten he's got. There, there you go. Unbelievable. So you're, Firmino, you're seeing his pass, Firmino his pass had 10, 11, and this is for Liverpool. Firmino had 10, 11, 15, 12. So what, what about assists? How many blocks did he have for Menial? <laughs> Two. But the point is, you, you're not comparing no. apples with apples. Everton are not a great you... team. And I think him at, at, at Tottenham will play a completely different setup to Will at Everton. And I think he'll shine. He's only 25, by the way. I watched him. Listen, I watched the reason why I dislike him so much as well is I watched him at Burnley the year when Mar uh, Silver, was it Mar Marco Silver was the manager, was it? He was at Fulham now. Yeah. And I, I mean, our Jack were in the stands, and I watched them, and I, I was actually angry watching them. And I actually said to our Jack, if I was in the changing room with him, I'd knock the fuck out of him. His manager's fighting for his life, for his job, fighting for everything. And he got sacked after that game, by the way. And his manager's screaming at him, and he's just allowing the Burnley right back just to walk past. And he literally just walked, and I was going, that's everything what's wrong about football. And he got took off. He got took off at about 60 minutes. For me, he will not score. More than 10, 15 goals. Oh, it's 15. 15 is a good return. That's one in two, mate. In a six, in a, for 60 million pounds. But listen, he, he is a bang average football player. Disagree. On that note, lads, you mentioned Jack there, Tank. It must have been a, must have been a proud day in the the, the Rogers household uh, yeah, with, with Jack signing his deal for Burnley. How, how are you holding up, mate? How's the house? Is it quiet? It's very quiet, mate. I'm, I'm a little bit devastated as well because I picked him up on Saturday. He was all excited to bring him home and everything. So I had a laugh at him in the car, um, gets him home. And he said, will you take me to Chloe's? I went, what do you mean? He's gone straight <laughs> straight to his girlfriends. Then he went out with his girlfriends for a meal on Sunday. He wasn't in training today until quarter to 12. I went, I'll take you on Monday morning if you want, mate. I'll get you down to go pick Frank. You've, he went, no, I want to go back tonight. On Sunday, I was like, so it's half wounded me, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, mate, it sounds like you're only going to offer him things bird. that you can't take, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> with his bird or spending it with you, Tank, I know. Oh, no, no, no. And what happens on those well. days, though? What, what happens on those days, Tank? Like, what's the what's the story? It seemed like a good, good day from the photos. They all get you down there. No, it was brilliant, to be honest with you. Um, 
you all go down there. There's all like the first year scholars there. The second year scholars are also there. Like you have uh, the presentation. They tell you about what they're going to do for the kids for nutrition, uh, sports, science, you know, the mental health, welfare. I mean, it's a proper, proper setup. Honestly, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have all of this available when I was, you know, coming through the ranks at the time. Then the coaches speak and then, you know, you meet the parents, the living parents who they're going to be with. Um, then you have a bite to, you have a bite to eat, then you go and sign the contract and you, you see the photographs and the lads go down into the pitch, all of the first year scholars and the second year scholars, they all get the photos. It's a proper, it's a proper, you know, like three hour night and it, it was brilliant. I must be honest, it was superb. Yeah, if you don't mind me asking, he's getting paid now. Then he's yeah, getting, so he's yeah. fully. That's so he, he's not yeah. gonna, not going to be knocking knocking on the door for some pocket money. <laughs> well, I don't know, mate. I got it for under Christie to take his girlfriend to Ben Brazil because they were they were together a year. So I was a little bit like <laughs> still kind of the no, but it's true, true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, listen, he's on a he's on a he's on a good few quid, mate. To be fair to, so um, ah, good luck to the kids. Delighted, lads. I want to finish on on two things, right? It's, it's transfer related because it's probably you know we're we're in the off season now, and uh, uh, well, I think pre season started for a lot of clubs today. A um, couple of things I want to finish on, right? So tr- transfers. I'll come to you first, Tank, and then Jimmy second because it'd be good to get the the, the non league perspective as well. What what goes into a transfer? Because you, Jimmy, you've made about three thousand transfers in in non league at this stage. In a month, probably. In, in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Tank, you've made a few over your career. So, Tank, like for for those that don't know, obviously when you signed for for Forest, you moved for, to to Forest from Tranmere, I think, and obviously then you went on to to, to Leicester, and, and you, I think you went up. Was it on loan to Hull as well, wasn't it? it was loan that was when it was on guard. That, that was a, yeah, it was on guard yeah, and leave there. Guard yeah. and leave. Okay, <laughs> your mate Gary. But um, what? So what goes into the? Like, how do you hear about the transfers? Is there little, like, secret conversations that go on? And then I suppose agents, where, like, when you were playing, where did they come into it? Yeah, I mean, when I first, it was actually 25 years or 26 years to the day yesterday when I signed before someone tweeted, tagged me in a tweet. Yeah, um, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bizarre one because I was away in Mexico with Chad, just like, and we just finished and they never had mobiles back then and the hotel with the carrier pigeon <laughs> yeah honestly the room the hotel the phone rang and we, me and her are like who's possibly ringing here yeah so we picked <laughs> it up and I actually put the phone down to Paul uh, White from Forest I put the phone down I said are you taking a piss mate he went Alan it's such and such from Nottingham Forest I thought it was one of the lads I went yeah are you taking a piss mate and I actually put the phone down that's a true story <laughs> so that's how that come about, and they asked me to fly home and all that palaver. Then you know you get your agents because the figures involved are quite you know even today's with big figures. So yeah, you get your agents involved, and basically you just kind of my agent at the time was kind of saying, well, the top paid teenager in Europe is on X amount, so this is what we're targeting, and then you kind of leave the negotiations to the agent. You know, you, you you've you got not a fig- give him a figure. You don't give him a figure. Yeah, you've and- got a figure in your head. Like he told me what the top the uh, the top paid young you know like first team player in Europe is earning and that's our target and then mm. you're signing on fees and then you're talking about you know we want you to get your accommodation and they used to get we used to get I don't know whether it was like called like a stamp duty thing or something we used a relocation package yeah, used to get yeah, yeah. so mm. all that palavas which it's kind of like you're not asked you know mm. you want the big move you want the you know the big contracts and all of that but then yeah so from that side you're just like kind of there you're going to get your medical done you're in and out the hospitals, x-rays, all this, everything's getting done. And then you kind of come back and like, you're not just waiting to see it for the nod from your agents. I mean, mine took quite a bit. We were like, 
the medicals done, and then we're like, no, we're not ready yet. So you're kind of like hanging around and just fucking walking around a car park or going to get a coffee, to be honest with you, until the agent says, I think we've got something. Do you want to come back? And and what about you, Jim? So it's different, wasn't it, in non-league? It use, um, if you weren't on contract, then if you're a non-contract player, then any, any club can uh, approach your current club uh, for permission to speak to you. So they put in what's called seven days notice. So after that seven days is up, they then can give you a ring and you know offer you whatever it is that you want to offer, um, and and then you make your decision on whether you want to go or not. Um, if you're on contract, then it's very similar. The club when I was at Leek and I was on contract, um, file contacted Leek and it was an old manager anyway. So um, you often have them conversations around, you know, do you fancy it or not. Um, and then they, they put in an offer and, and they negotiate it and, and we talked through what I wanted and what he was willing to pay me. But a lot of the time in non-league as well, it's always, oh, my mate plays for this team. You know, he told me to have a word with a gaffer or, you know, do, do you fancy it? That sort of stuff. So it depends on how and if you're playing and if you're settled, really. That's how a lot of it comes about. It's just you make moves and then you'll move with him or or a manager that you've played for moves and they'll put seven days in and seeing if you fancy it or not and might be able to offer you an extra five quid. We did that a couple of times <laughs> and then they used to, they, we, in training, they actually had to split me and Jimmy split up. We, up. Weren't, we weren't allowed to train together. because we just, actually got split up in training. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and it, am I right in saying then, Jim, I suppose for those that, that don't know, if you're on contract, your money will be less than what it would be if you were non-contract and non-contract. No, so if you're on contract. So if you're on contract, you're guaranteed money. So in non-league, you get a lot of games called off. So if you're on non-contract, you don't get paid for them. Um, and also, what I you usually play Saturday, Tuesday. And when I first signed, I had no idea. And they're like, oh, we'll pay you 50 quid. But it's 50 quid a week. I thought it's 50 quid per game. So I got my wages. I, oh, we played Tuesday. Where's my wages? And they're like, no, it's per week, mate. <laughs> a lot of the times, if the game gets called off on a Saturday, they will rearrange it for Tuesday. So you're losing money then. So um, if you're on non-contract, you're praying for sun, mate. And that's, and that's it. <laughs> Lads, just uh, one final thing before we uh, we wrap up. It's been annoying me, right? What is this obsession with Jack Grealish going on holiday and having a good time? Why why are the press bothering him so much? He's a young lad, successful, enjoying himself in the off season. Tank, what what is all this nonsense? Why are the press so obsessed with him? Yeah, I think you know what I think it stems down to. I think it was the state of uh, Man City's parade title parade thing. I mean, he you don't think he helped himself. I don't think he helped himself. Look, listen, I, I was and then as soon as the off season, that was it. Jordan, Jordan, the fucking season, that was it. We were on the piss. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I just don't think he helped himself, me, because I looked at him with the Man City, but it like when they won a the title, and I was like, you're kind of embarrassing yourself a little bit here. He's on the thing. He said, you know, when they were talking about car walk and no one gets past them, and he's like, grabs the mic, pissed up, saying, that's why they saw me. I'm the only one to skin him. You're like, you know, get back in your box, mate. You've had a fucking terrible season. And I don't think that he's helped himself. Look, he's a young kid. He's enjoying himself. I don't see what the problem is. He'll come back and work his bollocks up. But I just think that title parade thing has kind of come back to bite him a little bit. Jim, where do you sit on this? I think Stan Collymore coming out and giving Jack Grealish yeah. a gr- uh, giving grief is like Joseph Fritzl giving parenting advice to Jerry and Kate McCann. 
Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> I mean, I can't oh. believe he's even had the audacity to say anything. But, look, mate, this is the problem, isn't it? A young man, load of cash, good-looking, handsome, does what he wants in the off-season. Look, mate, you go spend your cash, you go web. And if if you come back in the off-season, in the pre-season, and you're awful, expect it to bite you on the bum. That's his decision to make, though. That's no one else's decision. You can't you can't ask for people to be banned, footballers to be banned from drinking. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think they're human beings first and footballers second. So, like, they look, kid, have a bit of a laugh. Let him do what he wants. If he comes back and he's awful, then, uh, again, you know, knock him down for that. And then if you want to link it to his pre-season, that's your prerogative to do so. But um i think it's absolutely ridiculous anyone saying anything about anyone enjoying the life no matter you know unless you're 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 a surgeon you got surgery the next day then yeah you might have a word but i think the game's changed though you know a lot oh yeah like i, hell, I agree i mean i was i watched the gary neville um the thing he did with steven gerrard and he was saying united were the first to adopt no you know they would they cut the drinking culture out that's why they got above everyone relatively early now i get in the season don't drink i think declan rice he's teetotal and that's your again your prerogative in the season i very much doubt jack Grealish will have a beer unless he's got permission so you know he's not. He's not I think he's out. a bit. Of, I just think you look at you look at all of the top players now on the social media sides or pictures where they get caught. Ninety nine percent of them are fucking training. They're in the gym. You know where Grealish is kind of like. Who's phones? <laughs> you know, what's going on there, Jim? Do you want to tell him to do me? One? Who is it? It's, it's you. Why is your arm out there? Don't pretend it's not you. <laughs> no, it's not me. I'm not. I was got expecting someone to click it off, and then I thought your arm slid it's to try and me. turn You're it off. You're here holding your arm. I thought you were It's Stan Collymore ringing me, asking me for Jimmy's number. He said, Who's this sicky fucker? Someone's getting the shepherd's hook, and no one wants to admit it. The missus is on saying we've been on for too long. Guarantee it's not me. Right, lads, with that, we've been doing nearly an hour, so uh, I could probably could have done another half an hour there, but I've had about three kids already try to run up the stairs. Someone's <laughs> going to bomb this at, at some point, so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, lads, great to be back on. Um, we're going to be doing this every Monday now, moving forward, and if we can throw in little shorter shows as well throughout the week, if, if time permits, we'll, we'll definitely be doing that. You're both up for that, yeah? Yes, yeah, mate, no problem. With all the stats. With all the stats, it's becoming a stat show now. I like it. Um, right, before we go, quick shout out. Um, if you wouldn't mind, if you're listening and you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you can do so, um, we're on the hunt to try and get a thousand subscribers. I think we're nearly at 800 now, so we're, we're not a million miles away. Um, but as we've, we've promised on past podcasts, we will be doing live shows on YouTube when we get to a thousand. That'll just mean that you can come on and have a chat with us um, and, and we can kind of let the comments fuel the shows until uh as we say tank gets us banned so um mm. yeah please do subscribe if you haven't i'll make sure to link everything and um, with that i hope you enjoyed the rest of your week look after yourselves and we will be back with you next week on the boot room podcast all the best Cheers, boys thank you shout out to the decays to all the keys. <laughs> <laughs>